And you may be seated. And this morning we continue the series on the just factors is part two. And I've entitled it this morning, Just Listen. And it's exciting for me to be able to report, do a lot of reporting this morning and praying that you will listen and be excited and motivated by hearing these reports. Lord, this morning, as we submit ourselves to you, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your power. And I pray, Lord, that there would be an exceptional moments, exceptional moments would happen in God's house this morning in people's lives and hearts as we just begin to open up our ears and hear what you're doing. And God, I also want to hear your voice as I preach today. Amen. So last Sunday morning, we introduced you to our fall sermon series entitled The Just Factor. Paul said in the book of Ephesians, chapter 6 and verse 5, he said, just as you would obey Christ. Last week, I just read a little bit further on. And in verse 6, he said, do the will of God. Verse 7, he said, serving the Lord. And then verse 8, he, he brings it kind of together, as I saw it in my mind. And he said, the Lord will reward. And I found myself thinking this past week that this is certainly a winning combination. To obey Christ and to do his will, serve the Lord, and then the Lord will certainly reward. Obedience to God results in rewards from God. It, 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 that's just the way it is. That's the law of the Lord. He says, if you do my word, happy are you. If you do my word, I will repay. And you'll experience exceptional things. So for the next seven weeks, we want to take you to places, I'm praying, that where we've never been to as a church, even though we've been here since 1974 on this spot as a congregational building. But I pray that this year, God would take us to new places. This would be a brand new season. So great that better than any of the other years that have been combined since 1974. Yeah, that's big. But God is a big God. He wants to do great things. So just imagine, just imagine, what could God do in your life over these next seven weeks if you just obeyed his word? I'm saying if you just set aside all your, your personal feelings, all your, your personal ways of doing things, and just say, I'm going to read his word, and for the next seven weeks, I'm just going to obey. I'm just going to read. I'm just going to do. No matter what it might be, I choose just to do his word and watch what he will do in your life. That's my prayer for these next seven weeks. Just imagine it's going to be a faith-based power adventure that I'm praying will revolutionize your life and our church. I pray it'll take us into the most blessed season of our lives. Remember what I said last week? I want to say it again this morning. The power always flows where the attention goes. You just take note of that and, and think it through for a moment. It's not true in the past. Wherever your attention has gone, there's been power that has followed that. So if your attention goes to God's word, God says there's power going to flow from that. So we want to do that for the next seven weeks. It's going to be a powerful time. So this Sunday, just listen. I want to speak about the power of hearing. Now, hearing aids are, are, are wonderful for those who have loss of hearing. But some can't hear, and they have no good medical reason for it. Now, my wife has often said that I have selective hearing, but I can't hear when she says that. So she texts me. No, you didn't do that. 
selective here. There were two psychiatrists. They met at their 20th college reunion. Now, one of these psychiatrists is youthful and he's vibrant looking, while the other one looks withered and old and worried. He's got wrinkles in his face. So the, he says, what is your secret to the other psychiatrist? We both graduated from the same place and same time and we're the same age. I'm old looking. You're young looking. What has been your secret? Listening to other people's problems all day long for years has made an old man out of me. So the younger man looked at him and said, who listens? That's the answer. That's why I still look young. I never listen to what anybody says. I wonder how good of a listener are you? You ever ask yourself that? How good are you at listening? Now, they tell us that we have the ability to think four times faster than someone speaking. So if we have the ability, the ability to think four times faster than someone else is talking, what are we doing while someone else is speaking to us? Are we multitasking? Are we thinking about everything else under the sun except for what they're saying? Have you ever talked to people and you know they're not listening? It happens to me all the time. I'm not sure why. But you look at them and you're talking, but they're not looking at you. You can tell by the eyes. If the eyes are looking somewhere else, I love Judge Judy. She says, you ever watch Judge Judy? Look here. Right here, she says. And when you can tell when they're lying because they won't look at her. She, they look somewhere else. No, right here. Ah is not an answer, she says. Look right here. Anyhow, I'm talking about hearing, not sight, aren't I, this morning? Hearing. How good are we at listening? At hearing what someone is saying. Do we make eye contact? Or are we always daydreaming and thinking of something else? There's a Turkish proverb that teaches us that speaking, if speaking is silver, then listening is gold. Now, James echoes the same thing in James chapter 1 and verse 19. He said, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, quick to listen and slow to speak. That's why we have two ears and one mouth. We've got to do twice as much listening. The art of listening, I'm afraid is losing its factor over the years. It's a dying skill. People aren't listening like they used to. You can always tell. Remember the story in Acts chapter 20 and verse 7. We read that, that Paul begins to preach a sermon. He's got a congregation in front of him. He begins preaching in the morning. He's excited. The Bible says he went on and on and on. He starts preaching and there's a one poor fellow. He found the wrong place to fall asleep in church. He should have been somewhere in the pew beside two people so they could prop him up. But he decided he'd sit on the windowsill three stories high. And so as he sits on this windowsill three stories high, he nods off and falls out the window dead. Of course, hit the ground three stories below. He died. Paul stopped preaching immediately, went down. Brought him back to life and went back up and continued to preach. Can you, all that did was fire Paul up a little bit more. And he preached. The Bible says he pray, preached again now until the next morning. How many know that was a long, long sermon? I don't know what his text must have been. It might have been from Genesis to Revelation. We're going to preach the whole thing in the next how many hours? When I was a child, I used the hymn book. Now, there was my pastor preaching his heart out. 
in Calvary Pentecostal Church in Walker Street in Toro, Nova Scotia, preaching his heart out, prepared for that sermon, prayed over that sermon, studied that sermon, and he's preaching, and I picked that time to nod off. I take the hymn books, and I just brought my arm underneath, on top of it. Maybe some of you are doing that right now. You shouldn't be doing it. And I would, for those of you that are, I caught you. So, and I would just lean my head on so nobody would ever know that I'm fast asleep until my friend John would knock the book out down and make a big scene. You see, there's a lot, there's a lot of daydreaming and sleeping in the church pews these days, isn't there? That's just a fact. We know that. I've been caught to nod off a few times myself, but not when I'm preaching. I try not to. There's lots of daydreaming and lots of sleeping in the pews. Now, there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, sometimes the preacher has nothing to say. Sometimes he's boring. Someone said if he can't strike oil in 15 minutes as a preacher, quit boring. But sometimes it's because the preacher has nothing to say. Secondly, sometimes it's because our attention spans are far too short. We're not good at listening. This past year, I've had to reduce my preaching to one half hour because I was losing my attention. My attention span was shortening. The staff told me to make it shorter. We're going to, we went to two double services. So something's got to shorten up, and you're the one. You're the short guy, so shorten up your sermon. Soon we'll be down to 20 minutes and then 10, and then I won't even have a job. A website designer recently said well, that when he creates a web page, he's got to make sure that the person viewing it will accept it and want to look at it within seven seconds or they're moving on. Moving on to something else. We've gone on the web, our website recently, we've updated it. It's great. Great new page. We're also advertising this fall season on eBrandon. If you click on discussions. It also loops on that. And then if you go down and click on parenting forum, our church advertising will come up. There's four different pitches, four different buttons. You click on that and go right to our website. But we've got to work on lengthening our attention spans and become better listeners. All of us would agree with that this morning that we could be better listeners than we are. Matthew chapter 17 in verses 1 to 4, we read the account of Jesus taking Peter and James and John up on a high mountaintop. And, and there Jesus would be transfigured. And they would see his face begin to shine. They would see his clothes become white as light. And you know, Peter, Peter, his mouth had always to be going. And so Peter jumps in. And he says, let's build the tabernacle. Now Moses and Elijah was there as well as Jesus. And he sees that and he says, Let's build a tabernacle. And while he's still speaking and going on, God steps in and says, Shut up, Peter. Well, he didn't say it that way. He's more graceful than I am. I'm paraphrasing it. But he said, Be quiet. And he says, Peter, listen to my son. Listen, you're talking when you should be listening. Be all ears and less mouth. So what would God say to us this morning? If we just listened up and allowed his word to speak to us, what could happen to our lives? Just imagine this morning if we could open up our ears 
and allow the power of his Holy Spirit to come in and do whatever he wants to do within us. What if we had no idea and didn't write anything down of what should happen at this moment, but just said, I'm just going to be available. I'm just going to open up my ears. I'm going to open up my mind. I'm going to open up my heart. I want God to speak to me. What could God do? Just imagine. Jesus was always concerned about the right use of our ears. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 9, he said, He who has ears, let him hear. In fact, the New Testament, 14 times Jesus used this term. Use your ears. Listen. In fact, Revelation, he says, He who has an ear, let him hear. You've got ears? Make sure you're listening. Just because we have ears on the side of our heads doesn't mean we're good listeners. So number one, listen up and be motivated. That's my prayer. This first point here, listen up, hear the reports, and I'm praying there'd be an exceptional motivation that would take place in your life. Just listen to this. This past August, we're given a great opportunity to be involved in Fest. Now, leading up to this time, I remember I, I kept asking, let's, let's get involved. Let's get behind this, this uh, outreach. It's a great event, and it's part of our vision. We believe in missions. So let's grab a hold of this. Calvary Temple was involved in this Fest outreach at Peace Gardens and sharing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ through the Fellowship of Christian Farmers. And here are the facts that I'm so happy to share with you this morning. The gospel message was shared with over 1,000 people. And 52 prayed to begin a walk with the Lord. Can we give a good hand clap to the Lord? Now that is missions. That is exciting. That is an opportunity that we as a church need to continually be a part of. That's what God wants us to do. How often do people actually line up to give their hearts to Jesus? How often do people line up and say, tell me the story? And they're fascinated by the beads. And they understand that Jesus loves them. Oh, what a great report. Listen to this. This past year, Sandra Baird began a visitation ministry at Valley View Care Facility. And she's known there as Pastor... What's your name? (laughs) Pastor Sandra. And she goes from room to room visiting. She recently reported to me that out of 55 visits that she made, nine of their residents prayed to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Let's give the Lord another hand clap. Nine received Christ as their Lord and Savior. Since then, I believe a couple of them have passed away and gone home to be with Jesus. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Listen, she wants to expand this ministry. Now, if you want to work with her and help her expand this so more and more seniors in care home facilities can hear the good news of Jesus Christ, talk to her. Wow, just listen. Isn't that excite you and motivate you? Now, just listen to this. I've got more. This past few years, there's been teachers from China that have been coming to Brandon University in the fall for three months to enhance their English skills. Last fall, there were 20 of them that came, and part of their orientation as they came to Brandon was to visit the churches in our city. And so they visited ours, and they ended up staying in our church for the next three months. Not only only did they become regular attenders on Sundays, but they also attended EAL, English 
as an additional language. It was so hard to say goodbye to them when they left at Christmas time. But uh, I remember particularly one EAL evening when I began to speak with one about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And she declared, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. What a tremendous opportunity it was to lead her to Jesus. Now, when I got back from vacation this past August, got back to my office and, and going over my emails, Pastor Ruth uh, forwarded me an email, and I want to share this with you this morning because, once again, that really motivated me again in this fall season. Now, this email was from a couple that live in the United States, and last fall they came to Brandon and they visited with three Chinese young ladies that were here from that group last fall. And, of course, they knew them from teaching in China prior to that. And so they, this lady sent this email to Pastor Ruth, and Pastor Ruth forwarded it to me. And I want to read it to you. I went to China to teach English for six weeks this past summer and was privileged to see Grace, Julia, and Kristen. There they are in the PowerPoint. Do you remember them from last year? What a joy it was to be able to see and hear what God is doing in their lives I cannot tell you how much Julia especially is hungry to know God and Jesus so much more. Kristen, too, wants to become a better, be better understanding of what being a Christian is all about. Grace watches very closely what's happening to her two friends. I get frequent emails from all three girls telling me about what they are experiencing in their lives now that is different since they were there in Canada and had the opportunity to go to your church and experience God and Jesus Christ for the first time. Wow. Thank you for providing that opportunity for them and many others. May God richly bless you and your family and your ministry there. This is what fires me up as a pastor. This is what ignites me as a pastor to hear the results, to hear the reports of what God is doing by his Holy Spirit at what God is doing through people in our church. Now, it's not over yet. Just listen to this. Two Saturdays ago, we had a blessed Brandon day. Picked up garbage in the neighborhood. There was a free car wash. There was a free yard sale. We passed out free water. It was a very, very hot day. I pray there's more to come yet. The common response was this. They were shocked. Their eyes opened up. Jaws dropped. People couldn't believe it. We passed out these cards to people. It says, bless Brandon is our way of saying thank you to our community. Brandon has been generous to us and we're returning the favor. If you've been blessed today, we encourage you to pass it on. On the other side of the card, we'd like to invite you to join us this Sunday. We want them to hear Jesus Christ. But not only do we want to hear the message of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we want them to see it in a practical way that we care about people. It's not all about just coming here. It's see what we're doing. We're showing you the love of Christ in a practical way. That is exciting. One little young fellow came to the yard sale and he said, how much is this particular item? We said, free. Well, he said, that changes everything. <laughs> wow. Well, it's just so exciting. I want you to hear this morning what God is doing. I want you to hear what God is doing in our church. I want you to hear what God is doing through our people. I want you to be encouraged and built up. I want you to hear the reports. These are tremendously exciting days. September has started. 
Sometimes it takes a month to get things back in swing, but it feels like we're hitting the tarmac running already. The things are already flowing. Things are already moving. Excitement's already generated in our church. People are happy to be involved. And these are going to be exceptional, exciting days in the fall ministry of our church. I'm just believing that. And we've just begun. God says there's so much more. That's the way it is with God. He said, I can do the impossible. I can do the incredible. You think this is something. He says, give me more of yourself. Give me more of your abilities. Give me more of your talent. Give me more of your desires. And you watch and see what I will do. I'm waiting for that day. God to do greater things, see a healthy and growing church is a missions church. A church that has no desire for missions or reaching out will shrivel up and die. But a growing and healthy church is a missions church. A healthy and growing church is a giving out church, not a stingy church, not a tightwad church, but a church that opens up its palms and says, God, whatever it is you want, I'll give it. A healthy and growing church is a gospel preaching church. A healthy and growing church is a people that love people. A healthy and growing church is a people that embrace everyone. A healthy and growing church is a church that's united, that is together, that is not split, that is not divided, but is one under one cause, one purpose, one reason of gathering together. That is a healthy and growing church. People want to see health. People want to see a church that's growing People want to see love in action. Oh, a healthy and growing church is a church that's not afraid to work hard. It's a church congregation that's not afraid to roll up their sleeves and to sweat a little bit and work hard. A healthy and growing church is a church who's hearing what God is saying, puts their ears to the rail of the track and say, God, what do you want us to do? Where do you want us to go day by day by day? What is it, God? And we'll do it. That's a healthy church. Last Sunday, it was my privilege to encourage and build up our, our choir and musicians as we gather together each Sunday. We have devotions, pointing our thoughts to the Lord. And I, I shared on the cause, the cause, the reason, the purpose, why we gather together, why we're singing. There's a reason to set up this big tree again this year. And it's not for just to have a nice picture. To display, that's not what it's about. Although that's very nice, isn't it? But that's not what it's about. There's a reason to minister together. There's a reason to work together. There's a reason to be united. There's a reason to memorize songs. There's a reason to sing. We have a purpose to present the singing Christmas tree. And I always want our congregation to know the reason. The reason is that we may present. What is it? Who is he? The Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we do it, that many may hear about Jesus, hear the message, that many may turn their lives around and say, I need Jesus, I need transformation. That's what we're praying for. Let's start praying for it right now, even though it's a few months away. That's the purpose of it. You like to be in the singing Christmas tree? There's still time. We've only started last week. You can join us this this afternoon at 3.30 p.m. We'll save a spot just for you. Be involved. If God is speaking to you, say, yeah, I'm going to jump in. So what does hearing all this do this morning to you? Hearing this in your ears, in both ears, what does it do for you? I hope that it stirs you on the inside. 
I pray that it excites you. I pray that it gives you butterflies like it's giving us butterflies. I pray that it motivates you to get involved. I pray that it empowers you to get involved. I pray it energizes you to be a part of the vision of our church and the dream of our church. I pray that it ignites you to be part of what we're doing because we have a reason for our existence. I hope after hearing this this morning, you'll say, yes, I can use my abilities for God. Maybe in the past you've said, I can't. Maybe in the past you've beaten yourself down. Maybe in the past you've said, I've got no talents. I've got no abilities. I can't do this. I want you to take that and get rid of it. I want you to maybe this afternoon write on a note. I can't. Write it down. Dig a big hole. Bury it. Now it's gone. And now begin to think, I can. I can do something great for God. We beat ourselves up all the time. Why can't we now say, I can do it? You know something? I've said it before. I've got to say it again. I have not graduated from high school yet. But there's still something that I can do for God that's great. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter your past. God says, I've got a future for you if you'll just surrender yourself to me. And so I want you to, if you can just take that terminology out of your mind and say, I can do this. I can sing. I can speak. I can be involved. I can be involved in the nursery. I can be involved in kids' church. I can be involved in BG Club. I can be involved in youth. Wow, what if you just said that? So I pray hearing these reports would just fire you up and say, yeah, I'm going to do it. Second point, just listen up and be transformed. Just listen up and be transformed. Hebrews 4 verse 12 says, The Word of God is living, it's active, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and intents of the heart. The Word is what does the job. Sometimes we think we have to make apologies for the word. Sometimes we have to say, well, well, this is an exception. And we feel that we have to somehow, I don't know, make up excuses for the word. Just share the word. Just let the word of God speak for itself. That's why Paul said to his up and coming preacher, Timothy, he said, Timothy, preach the word. He also put in there prepare. It's always good to be prepared, isn't it? Preach the word. But let the Word get into people's lives. Speak it. And let the Word do its job. Because the Word, when it goes forward, it does what man cannot do. After Paul said to the Romans, Romans chapter 10 and verse 1, after he said, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved, he said this in verse 14, how can they believe in one in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? See, we can drive with our eyes, but we believe with our ears. In our church, we're committed to preaching the Word of God without hesitation, without reservation, without apology, because we believe the Word of God will do the work. Now, let me share with you the Word of God and what He says. If you need forgiveness from sins, Jesus is your forgiver. 1 John 1 and verse 9 says, If we confess our sins... He is faithful. He is just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What part of all don't we understand? 
No matter what I've done, no matter what our history has been, no matter what our rap sheet might say, it doesn't matter. All sins. If you need forgiveness, he says, I'm your forgiver. If you need healing in your body, Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26 says, I am the Lord that heals you. A part of that don't we understand. Instead of trying to dissect issues and dissect situations, why don't we just take him at his word? He says, I heal, we believe, and we pray. We just believe that our God heals bodies today. If you need deliverance from drugs and alcohol or habits, Jesus is your deliverer. John 8 verse 36 says, Whom the Son sets free shall be free indeed. Don't you love that indeed at the end? Not just he'll be free, but indeed he shall be free. doesn't matter what it is. Or how strong the urges might be. Or how long the habits have been going on. Jesus says, come to me. I snap them. I break them. And I set you free. You'll never be the same again. That's just the word of God. If you lack power in your Christian life. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. He said, you receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. That's the marvelous thing about the Lord. There's no end. There's always more. There's always more. There's always more. So when you become a Christian, you give your heart to Christ. Now you need power to live out your Christian life. Power for service. Power for ministry. So he says, you just get alone with me and cry out to God. I'll fill you. Acts chapter 1. He said, you'll be filled with power. Acts chapter 2, they were filled. Acts chapter 3, they went out. And they ministered. And people were brought into the kingdom of God and saved and transformed. And people were so ablaze. So on fire, so touched that they couldn't, persecution couldn't even stop the church. That's how excited they were about sharing the good news. If you like power in your Christian life, Jesus is your baptizer. If you need direction in your life, Jesus is your GPS. Proverbs 3 and verse 6, he'll direct your paths. If you struggle with hurts and memories of the past, Jesus is your terminator, your great terminator. Jeremiah 23 verse 29, my word is like a hammer. And it breaks the rocks into pieces. What kind of rocks are in your life? What about the past? What about the hurts? What about the pain? What about the suffering? What about the mind games? What about the attachment to the past? What about situations you wish you could have changed but can't? And now it's too late. Jesus says, I crush those things that get a hold of you and get such a grip on you that you you don't know how to get out of it. Let me do it. My word will crush them. My word will break it. My word will snap it. My word will... Cross those rocks and you'll be set free. Wow. If you struggle with worry and turmoil, Jesus says, I'm your peace. I'll give you peace. I'll give you peace. Ephesians 2, verse 13. What I have done this morning as I close, all I've done is quote to you the word. Well, then I've told you what's possible, but I just quoted you the word. Your baptizer, your healer. Your forgiver. I wonder what has it done in your ears. I wonder what it will do this morning for you. I wonder. The Bible says that this word is so quick and it's so powerful and so mighty that it will never return void. That's why when I share with you early, Earlier, there are a thousand people who heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. There may have been some that said, no, I don't want to receive that today. I don't want to receive him today. The word has gone out. It will not return empty. Someday, somewhere, sometime, someplace, this word will come back. 
It will not return empty. This word is powerful. If we'll listen, if we'll read, and if we'll listen, digest it and do it, transformation comes. Stand with me. The word of God goes on to say a little bit more. It says, pray one for another that we would be healed. That's the word. Pray one for another. It can happen in the church sanctuary. It can happen at a place that we call the altar. The altar is just a place that's raised up, built up. Kind of exemplifies where Jesus was nailed to the cross, a Mount Calvary, place lifted up, place of surrender, place of giving everything over. So we often call people, if you're new to our church, we often call people to this place we call the altar. And we pray for needs, pray for cares, pray for situations that people don't know what to do with. It can happen here, it can happen in the foyer of a church happen in the lower auditorium, it can happen in your car, it can happen downtown, it can happen in a public building, it can happen anywhere. Pray one for another that you'd be healed. This is one place where it can happen. And as we sing a concluding song, if this is the one place where you're at this morning and you're here and you would like God to minister to you, you've got a need or a care, you'd like to receive ministry, then you just feel free to come down the aisle and and we're going to ask prayer team members to begin to come down even now and they'll stand here and face the congregation and they'll be here ready to receive you and lift up your knee before I just believe the Holy Spirit wants to do great things this morning. And as we sing, if you have a need, you just come and we'll lift up your knee before the Father.